podcast. I am David. And I'm Dan. Dan, tell everybody what we will be breaking down today. So this is, um, I don't know how to describe what, what my what my thought process was when coming up with this. I think, uh, it, you know, you have, you have much more experience with this in in doing DJ work and things like that. and Not things like that. Doing DJ work. Where this is, I was trying to like capture a vibe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A experience a style like a you come into a room how do you want it to sound in that space mm-hmm. what would be your ideal perfect sound for that setting and for that i was like dude coffee shop yeah like if you walk into a coffee shop and you want it to be chill i think chill is the number one yeah i would agree I with want that cozy uh-huh i want Music to be almost ininvasive, uh-huh. like not so much backgroundy, but like you want to know it's there. I can pay attention if I want to, or if I don't, yeah. that's also fine. And you also want somebody to spell your name wrong on your drink and yeah. have a condescending look when you order your favorite thing in the world. Oh, when I ask for pumpkin, they're gonna make a face. Oh yeah, because I don't respect the coffee shop that doesn't. Well, that's how you know it's good. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know it's good if you get treated like shit. Yeah, you need used books, these songs, yeah. and somebody treating you a like a bin of like records no one will ever yeah. buy. <laughs> yeah, and you need somebody treating you like you you don't deserve to drink. Yeah, something and their name's got to be something ridiculous like Shiloh. Yeah, <laughs> and before I get, start talking too much shit yeah. on these people, before we get canceled. Yeah, um, but. so this is interesting because you said the idea and didn't really have like a much more of an explanation than what you just provided. And I kind of just looked at it and was like, all right, challenge accepted. You, like, you immediately understood the assignment of like, yeah, and, Oh yeah. But also I'm very interested to see how it plays out because it, it is specific and it is almost like you're trying to narrate a story and put somebody in a place. And I don't know if we did a good job about it. Of doing that, I don't know if I did because I also took this as like, well, there's probably like thousands of songs I like that could fit in this category. Yeah. So I basically looked at it and said, "Who are some bands I haven't talked about that absolutely fit this description and would be a good somebody to use?" Oh, Dave, we've gone deep cuts here. Yeah. Because the number one thing about the coffee shop too is that's also true hey what's this playing right now oh you haven't heard this yeah that's true that's part of the condescending because like, you're yeah. a fucking nerd and yeah. you don't know cool things like we know cool that's things that's a very good point so yeah uh, we're gonna learn like, you all today I feel so. like going deep is important on that's this. actually a good point like all oh right. yeah, 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 yeah they're from the 90s you know when you were around <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> the disrespect I love it um, so yeah this is interesting I think we both kind of had a slightly different um interpretation of it but i think it still comes through and should still do it and regardless of whether you feel like you're at a coffee shop uh or not when you listen to these songs uh we're going to be judging you um because we know where everyone who listens to this is and uh hopefully we're introducing you to some bands that you should have already known but don't because you're not as cool as us so we are the judges big time yeah cool all right so dan why don't we Get right into it. I mean, there's not really much else background because we don't really have a background for this one. So let's get into it, dude. What do you have up with your number five pick? So number five for me comes to us from the ripe old year of 2004. 
This is my boy, The Gentle Giant, Iron and Wine. This song is Naked As We Came. This is what I think, when I think, when I see a Folgers commercial, and not the one where the brother and sister definitely want to fuck, but like the normal ones where it's like a dad wakes up in the morning, he puts the scoop in, and he sniffs the steam and goes like, mm, That smells this, terrible. This is, <laughs> this is what I think of. Folgers it's, sucks, by the way. Yeah, obviously, you yeah. can't be buying... Like, who would be getting up excited for Folgers? You can't Fol- be buying mass-roasted coffee that's yeah. been sitting around for... Look, I don't often hate on things, but, like, just buy coffee that was roasted within the last six months. And the last month is ideal. It is... It doesn't matter if you buy strong coffee, weak coffee. If you just buy coffee that's fresh, the difference it will make for you is massive. It's so much better and so much worth the investment. You are really leaning into this theme, aren't you? I love coffee so much. Oh, so do I. Yeah. Um, um, judging by my fucking pumpkin spice nonsense that I brought with me. Yeah. But I like all coffees. There is not a no. Um, and it, There is for me Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I don't want it. Dude, in a pinch? Nah, no I'll, pinch. I drink it almost twice a week. Almost I can't four times a week. I think it's disgusting. It's when I go into work, it's what's right next to work. Well, if there's, yeah, I mean, I can certainly understand that, but no, not for me. Especially a mid-afternoon pick-me-up. Gotta be going. America runs on Dunkin', Dave. You against America? Yes, very much so. Have you not heard anything right, I've said so, on this podcast? So, for all the patriots here, I guess I'll continue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Iron Wine, it's just, it's like smooth, calm, a little sad, which is perfect for the coffee shop. I feel like this it's a it's a big comfy chair. It's it's easygoing. It's it's oddly enough, it's kind of fall, autumny and summery at the exact same time. Which makes absolutely no sense. Um but it works. Iron and Wine is a man who is named Samuel Irvin Beam. Um, who goes by the name Iron and Wine. He's a singer-songwriter, has six albums at this point, but this album was a noticeable shift for him. This record's called Our Endless Number Days. And his previous album, he recorded by himself on a four-track recorder. So this is like the first time he went in a proper studio and made a real record. And it's, it's so gentle and yet, and sparse yet lush, it doesn't make sense to me. It shouldn't work. I shouldn't like it. This isn't typically the sort of thing it I'm is into. Not your it thing is normally, one of it my is. all-time favorite records. It's so good. I can't get enough of it. Every version. Every version. I own the the like mass redux they did of this, the remaster with bonus tracks. I own all of it, man. Also, if you don't know Iron and Wine, he also does the very popular cover of, um, from. The Postal Service. Yep. Uh, what's that song called? Such Great Heights. Such Great Heights. Yep. Um, that's a fantastic cover. Very gentle. Very cool. Yeah, it's probably how most people got into him, too. And then he also does one of my favorite cover. It was on the cover episode we did uh, way long back of This Must Be the Place by Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. That is another classic. hands down one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, I've never heard somebody cover Talking Heads. Certainly not effectively. And it's the best. This song... If you're in a coffee shop and Iron Wine comes on, you probably went through a time machine because it probably isn't playing at many anymore. Yeah. But 
Let me tell you, in 2004, it was at all of them. Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> and it was released by Sub Pop, so it's got enough indie low-key low cred that, like, it could get the play in there. Maybe now it'd be considered, you know, boomerish and they wouldn't like it, but back then, it, it slapped. Uh, Dave, what do you got? What do you got? What are you setting the vibe? What's your coffee shop doing for number five? Yeah, so this one is going to be really uh, unexpected for a lot of people. But number five for me is I Don't Know by the Beastie Boys. Not at all what you would normally think of when you think of the Beastie Boys. Yeah. But this is a really cool tune um, that is insanely looked over um, by not only just like their fans, but just people in general. Like, I don't know that really anybody really talks about any other songs off of um, Intergalactic when it came out, but, um, or Hello Nasty, excuse me, other than Intergalactic. Um, because that was a, you know, one of the biggest hits in the world when it came out. Yeah. But this is just like a really kind of like unexpected, but perfect song on this album that's really really nice and mellow and chill and i just love it like it's so for those people who like aren't are more casual bc boys fans i mean like they were like they were like almost like a punk or hardcore band when they came out before they started rapping a ton name name themselves to mimic bad brains yeah bb yeah so like they were like they were doing more melodic not sure i'll call it melodic stuff they were playing more traditional instruments and not just rapping early on so it wouldn't be that uncharacteristic to see them um do something with more traditional songwriting but you wouldn't expect it to be like an acoustic soft song like this no um, this is almost like Elliot Smith-ish. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so the the female vocals are in here are provided by somebody named Miho Hattori. Um, and it's really just like her like singing a little melody for it. But it's it's really beautiful. Um, it's... I, I, I owned this CD. So I, it was something that I have kind of like always known about. But again, like most yeah, people I've, didn't. I've own, never heard this song. Yeah, most people don't know the song or, like I said, any other song on this album. And um, it's just, it's awesome. There's not like a ton of info about it um, because it's not like, it's not really one that they talk about or anybody really talks about. But I just think this is just like a really cool thing and it, it fits perfectly in this vibe. And, you know, you could just picture yourself kind of just like relaxing in a car or in a coffee shop, just like in like a it, it, just a nice calm setting I, I think this song fits really perfectly and um, it's it comes from one of the most unlikely places I think absolutely alright Dan this, it reminds it, me of almost like a girl from Ipanema you know what I mean yeah. like it's, it's like a, it does have a little bit of that like yeah. ja- like acoustic jazzy um, not quite bossa nova but it's not far off yeah. um, I do think that they worked with some uh, Brazilian musicians actually on this record uh, to, which could be where so maybe it does have some more of that influence that we don't know about that's cool um, yeah. alright Dan uh, what do you have up for us at your at number four number four for me oddly unknown to me until just now um, that I, I never tracked it as such but also from Sub Pop Records comes 
from sorry from the year uh 2012 this is beach house off of their record bloom the song called lazuli lazuli um i believe is how it's supposed to be said um i just think beach house dream pop is perfect for a coffee shop it's hard to argue that it's light it's ethereal it's melodic it's tempered and beach house may be the best dream pop band there is um, yeah, I think that's that's accurate. Like yeah. if we're if we're making the shift from shoegaze into dream pop, to me it's it's Beach House. Um, and for me, I know a lot of people are big with Depression Cherry. That's most people's favorite, but Bloom is always mine. Um, I think what struck me first is just how interesting the album cover is, where it's just a black cover with white polka dots, but it's like 3D angled in space. So it's like it's not quite just flat poke. Yeah, like it's they're, interesting. They're on a weird, like slight X tilted rotation, and I don't know why I always thought that was so fucking cool and brilliant. But it's it's one of those. There's nothing on the cover, but you it is immediately recognizable. You know, and like you see it with no words, and you're like, oh, that's fucking Beach House. I know mm-hmm. what that is. Yeah. Uh, which I always think is cool. If you can have no words or anything on your album cover, that's the coolest shit ever. So, if you don't know Beach House. Beach House is a band uh, duo, I should say, from Baltimore, which is sick. Um, Not an unexpected for this band. Like yeah, you, like you picture them being like California band for yeah, sure. Yeah, or like California, or like New York City, or somewhere like mm-hmm. just a. But Baltimore, which Song, is awesome. Songs about the Chesapeake and crabs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 fucking Ravens, bro. Yeah. Um, fucking King Ravens, yeah. bro. Fucking yeah. ruin the whole Saturday, um, <laughs> Sunday. They, if you don't know, Baltimore also has that great mid-Atlantic like yeah. trash accent. It's yeah. incredible. Um, if you haven't heard it, please do. go go check out uh, Stavros. Yeah, listen Alkinus. to his Ravens breakdown. His Ravens, his Ravens stories are incredible. Um, I don't know. There's just something about Flacco that I trusted more. Um, <laughs> he's fucking great. Uh, but the band consists of Victoria Legrand and Alex Scally. Scally, Scully. I'm gonna say yes. Scully. Um, and this record, the coolest thing about this to me is that this was the second album after Teen Dream that they decided to also add real drums to the synth and drum patterns that they had. Which, dude, if you can do live drums and and like a drum machine, mm-hmm. I think I always think oh, it sounds perfect. cool. Yeah, um, it's, it's amazing together, especially with Dream Pop, where it's like, dude, real splat, look real splashy on the ride cymbal. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, give it to me all the time. Yep. Um, this band, you know, slow dive walked so this band could run, and it's everything I want. Um, I love them. I feel like it's one of those perfect things that, like, if I was in the coffee shop and this was playing, I would probably not notice it at first. But then you get your coffee, you sit down, and you're like, "Is this? It's fucking." You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like, oh yeah, it is nice. Um, which is exactly what I want. That's mm-hmm. that my perfect unintrusive yet noticeable mm. is what uh is what i'm that's looking how for. i that's how i live my life yeah. <laughs> all right be, try I'll to just, live my life i'll just be over here in the corner in case yeah. anybody needs me but you'll all notice me yeah <laughs> everyone will be like wait my who's pa- that guy in the corner yeah. he's in the corner being nonchalant yeah. why are his pants off yeah. <laughs> like, he's very chalant actually all right so with that dave what do you got up for us at number four all right up at number four for me is la femme d'argent but i i hope i 
butchered that as badly as I think I did in my head, uh, by Air. Um, another, I think, kind of important aspect of the coffee shop is that you need some very subtle electronic music, too, with no words, because words oh, yeah. can be distracting when it's you're true. trying to read and write your script that you have to do in public in front of everybody for your screenplay. Um, so Bring a typewriter with you. Yeah, right? Um, so I, you, I'm so glad I've never seen some dickhead do that. I'm, I'm kind of surprised I haven't seen more pictures <laughs> of it online. Um, so air it's, it's one of those things it definitely happened once it has to it. have yeah it's like a, it's never and everyone was like alright that, that's it it happens all the time we've gone too far yeah kick them out um, so air is uh, if you're not familiar with with, uh, with air they are a duo uh, from, from France um, they're an electronic duo from France which is by law you cannot have more than two people in an electronic group in the country so uh, makes sense that there's only two of them there uh, members are Nicolas Godin and Jean-Benoit Dunkel um, and this comes off of their debut album Moon Safari came out in 1998 so this is kind of like this is like right after you know some other interesting electronic things are happening in the in Europe like trip hop uh, and what Portishead is doing and you know some well, like we always say that the, the Portishead's kind of the only trip hop band but this has some of those elements to it as well it's not as much like um, it's more of the trip than the hop I guess is the right way to say it like it's just it's yeah. more spacey and less like uh, sounds like it could be the backing track for any hip hop song it's just it's more subdued it's more subtle more melodic um and i think that this record specifically by them is fucking awesome um I it's love, i love that electric piano yeah too. like rather than just the synths it's got mm-hmm. that yeah that almost like mid like that like early 70s ray charles mm-hmm. you know what i mean when he was doing yeah. like the the Rhodes organ and yep. stuff yeah. yeah and the real standout to this track and i think i mentioned it on the bass episode is the bass line it is just it's smooth, but it's complicated, and there's a lot of it, but it's not overbearing. Yeah. So you could have it on, and like I said, like you could be, you could read a whole goddamn novel to this song and not even notice. Yeah, like that. The baseline's like exactly. a full four bars. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not. It's not just a repeating phrase over and over. It's like right. Yeah. Shit, there's, man. The, there's a lot going on, but it's not. It. It's not like overdone. It's not like in your face. It's just kind of there, um, which I think is awesome. Like I said, this album's really great. Um, there's another song called Sexy Boy that's the second track on here that's really good. Um, this not is a sexy boy. Sexy I wish boy. it was that. I wish they just like sampled that over I'm it. Pop. <laughs> and then th- that became Shawn Michaels' theme Dude, song. That'd be so good. Just have like some like have him reinterpret that song. Yeah, and like have some quiet French electronic dudes like at WWE events. <laughs> with him in, in the stage yeah, with dancers pic- like Fred Durst. air standing yeah. at a WWE event. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, just smoking. Yeah. Just oh, that's the French. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, it, it's coming up on Halloween. It's still, we still got a few more weeks, but I one of my favorite like internet Halloween costumes was somebody was French Kiss, and they did Kiss makeup and then dressed up like French people. And had like, like and the mime outfit, like sort the, of? yeah, they're like the mime outfit with like the striped shirt, and then the guy was just holding a baguette and a cigarette. <laughs> it's, it's a like, great costume. It's like oh shit, baguettes and cigarettes are pretty French, aren't they? 
It's a great costume. It's almost as good as the guy who was both Hall and Oates, and just half his body he was Hall, half of his body he was Oates. So he had like long blonde hair on one half and a and a black mustache, mustache and a on jerry the other. Curl. That's so good. <laughs> like literally, and the, of course the picture of this guy is he's he's absolutely fucking blasted drunk, and so like you can tell his face, and it just makes the picture that much funnier. <laughs> like they couldn't have got this from this guy earlier in the party. Anyway, um, yeah, French. Um, Air is French. Um, so, yeah, this album's great. It's mostly like this. Uh, some of their songs can be a little, like, kind of creepier and have some other influence. But uh, I think that they're a really solid, you know, uh, group. They definitely don't get anywhere near as much fanfare over here as they do uh, in Europe, where they're from. But uh, I think they deserve a little bit more. Um, cool. All right, Dan. What do you have up for us with your number three pick? Number three for me is maybe the most somber song that I've selected. Um, because this guy is maybe the most somber songwriter that I've ever heard. Um, his name is Keaton Henson, and this song is called Ontario. So Keaton Henson is a English singer, songwriter, artist, poet, author. Um, he is a man who is literally so riddled with anxiety. He refuses to play concerts and doesn't tour almost ever. Um, the only live thing I've ever seen of him is him performing a tiny desk concert at NPR. Oh, wow. And it's, if you don't know his music, it is very, very, very quiet with generally very soft instrumentation and a near whispered vocal. It's sad and it's beautiful and it's incredible. And it's, it's just such a, a unique sound that he has that I never have really heard anybody else play music like this that I think is so beautifully melancholy while also being simultaneously extremely lovely and he does not look anything like he sounds he is this great like almost like disheveled bearded man um very rail thin and like when i say bearded i mean like it is a big thick fucking haggard beard and he's born 1988 in london his father is a semi-famous actor named Nicky Henson, um, and his mother was a ballet dancer. Um, and he is a half-brother to composer Christian Henson. Um, so he got his start as an illustrator, and he used to uh, do album covers. One of the most famous ones he did is for the band Enter Shikari's Take to the Skies. If you don't know them, you're very lucky. They're like a metalcore band. Just forget I said anything. Um, <laughs> anyway, he has done a lot of score work and has been included on a lot of soundtracks for movies and shows and stuff in the UK for BBC. Just because when someone's like, hey, we need a somber, sad song. Oh, let's go to this guy who's got a catalog full of them. And it's great, man. He, uh, Let me pull this up here. He has... His discography is pretty vast, man. Um, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten. He's got like 12 albums. And it's, I think all of them have their merits. Um, his biggest one certainly being 
his album Birthdays that has <laughs> maybe the creepiest statue I've ever seen somebody make um, of this like woman screaming on it that they painted the nipples on. It's really, it's very silly. Um, Interesting. Out of context, it makes me laugh very much just looking at it now. But I think this is this is like me having a coffee by myself. This is a reflective, and there's like just enough of a drum machine to keep like a, a little rhythm to it. Um, maybe this wouldn't be a lot of people's uh, cup of tea. Nudge, wink, nudge, wink. But <laughs> coffee shop, yeah, 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 get it. I made that joke, um, and I feel bad about it. But um, this is what I'd want to hear. If I was in there, I would want to hear something I've never heard before that doesn't sound like something else. And that I would immediately be like, what is this? Like, who is this? What's making this? What's making these sounds? And I would try to Shazam it and it wouldn't come up with the result because it's someone who worked there's neighbor's brother who just releases demos on SoundCloud. And I'd be like, fuck, I need to know what this is. But that's who this guy is for me. Hopefully now that's who he is for you. So play all of his music. It's all good. Um, and it's all very sad and slow like this. And perfect for having a nice afternoon. It's an afternoon coffee. I'd say this isn't a morning coffee. This is like that two o'clock where you're like, ah, I just need to sit down and have a rest for a minute. Throw something on. So with that, Dave, what do you got up for us for your number three? All right. Up at number three for me is Waking on a Pretty Day by Kurt Vile. Uh, Philly's own Delco's Finest. Kurt Delco's Vile. Finest. Delco's Finest. I bought, a, I bought a... Point of sale software from his brother. Oh no, shit! Yeah, when that's we had hilarious. the donut shop. Yeah, oh, that's funny. We were in there, and his name was Brian Vile, and I was like, "Are you?" And he goes, "Yeah, he's my brother." That's hilarious. It was just such a funny. I had no idea. Like, I just looked at him and looked at his name, and I was because he was like, you know, around maybe, the right maybe age. like 30, 35 at that point, and I was like, "Hey, do you?" And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, actually. Um, so. This, uh, like I said, Philly's finest land from Lansdowne, Pennsylvania, not to be confused with Lansdale, Pennsylvania, where we grew up. Uh, two different towns in two different counties that are very close to each other, but, you know, it, we, we understand the confusion if you're not from here. Um, he's uh, he's kind of awesome. I, I've always been a fan of his work. It's very, like, it's country adjacent, like we've discussed with some other artists and possibly some others that will come up in here. Um but I think what he does is unique and cool, and I, I've always really dug his work. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's it's a little lo-fi. It's a little mm-hmm. like I always kind of I appreciate like this record's fantastic. Yeah, and this this record is called "Waking on a Pretty Days" or "Walking on a Pretty Days." Um, it's his fifth record. Um, came out in 2013, and it's the first one. So if, if you're not familiar with who Kurt Vile is, he was originally. Uh, the lead guitar player for the War on Drugs, and this is the first album that um, that Adam from uh, War on Drugs does not actually like contribute on, but it does have a lot of other incredible musicians contributing on it. My personal favorite drummer, Stella Mazgawa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, but Stella is the drummer for uh, Warpaint, and I think she is the an incredible drummer probably my favorite out there right now she plays drums on this track and a few others on there um and yeah just like a lot of other like really cool um people are involved in this the 
album cover is pretty significant um, for us because it's a mural that was created in Philly uh, for him uh, yeah. and is there, but it was defaced by a DJ at some point, which is kind of shitty. Um, but it's still there. Uh, one of my friends, James Lee, proposed to his fiance in front of it, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so it's like a pretty, it's a pretty significant piece of Philly history. Um, now, yeah. at least for at least for Philly's music history and modern music, big fish town art. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was also, there was also, I remember there was a video of like some old man came out and was just like painting over part of it, and this dude ran up. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he's like, "Cleaning up this graffiti." And they were like. This is a paid art installment, dude. Like, yeah. we paid someone like thirty grand to paint this. Yeah, right. Um, it's and, it was, nuts. and it wasn't like his building, or any, he was just some like crazy old dude that was like, "This is crap." Like, I'm covering yeah, this which up, which is like not the craziest thing to find in Philly. Yeah, um, both cool street art and a crazy old man. The artist uh, who did the mural is named Stephen Powers, um, and he is very well known for. Uh, for his public art and, and, and different works that he does. Uh, he's based out of New York. Stevie Powers. Yep. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Um, yeah, I I think uh, this is a perfect fit for something like this because it's like, it's slow. You can kind of like rock back and forth to it and not really have to pay too much attention. It's long too. You don't even know when it starts and it ends, which is kind of what you want at a coffee shop. You're just like, how long have I been here? Why am I shaking? Is this guy judging me? Yeah. Um, Are they refilling my coffee? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have gotten five shots of espresso in here. Um, you ever see people that do that and you're just like, how? Did the best tweet I saw how was do like, your, how does your heart was like a person that? who goes up and orders a triple shot of espresso? They're like, shit, man, just start doing coke. Right. Like, what like, are you doing? What's the difference? Yeah. yeah. Like, you're not going to survive either one of these. Yeah. It's like, yeah. dude, that's so much. Yeah. It's, As it's a person too much. who doesn't really get super affected by caffeine, that's still just like, if I did a triple shot of espresso, I feel like I would just be in the corner having a panic attack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that, not. Uh, you're not supposed to do that shit. That would damn near kill me. Yeah, it's not not ideal. Um, so yeah, I, like I said, I, I think Kurt Vile's a really cool artist, and um, Dude, that record you did with Courtney Barnett was nuts. Yeah, and actually, Pretty Pimpin' from that record was uh, in in my B sides and in contention for this spot. But I just thought that the theme of like waking on a pretty day, waking coffee, just kind of made sense to like yeah. go hand in hand. Even though I do feel pretty pimpin' after my coffee. You're at the coffee shop both before and after, so I thought waking made more sense um, if, if I'm overanalyzing it. But anyway, I digress. Dan, what do you have up for us with your number two pick? All right, so number two for me. I honestly do not know too much about this band. They are a bit mysterious to me and only discovered them recently. So this band is called... I'm sorry, this band, wow, Jesus Christ. This band is called Should, and this song is called It Still Would, um, originally released in 1998. Um, it is an Austin, Texas, uh, shoegaze dream pop duo um, formed by brothers Mark and Eric Ostermeyer and Tanya Mouse. Um, originally, the band was named Shift, uh, but they switched when they ran across another band with the same name. Uh, they have this like hazy, like lo-fi 
like weird with like guitar loops and samplers and like overloaded distortion on a four track like mixer it's like it very much reminds me of um some of the later 2000s like slowcore bands like duster or um like pedro the lion where it's a very subdued low vocal but it's like it's just got this like slow burn energy to me where it never quite blows up in your face but you can just feel this like this like tension in it that is just like a slow burning it's it's like a lit cigarette of a band you know what i mean like you can just feel it it's just wispy and kind of low but like there's still a glow there and it's it's like it's what i want it's that that subtle drive to it like there's so much overdrive and distortion on the guitar yet it's not a loud raucous song which is so weird and is what i think drew me to it um i found this band through like a i don't want to say influencer but like i guess a person i follow on instagram that was basically like oh yeah like here's a band you may check out if you like this kind of music. And I was like, I've never heard this artist. And apparently no one else has either because they have 5,000 monthly listeners and have existed for decades. But you need to know this record. It's called Feed Like Fishes. It may be hard to find it, as Dave can attest um, from trying to search. Just the name should. Yeah, it took forever. It's very hard. And there's a lot of results for that. But it's this record has become one of my favorite of this year. It probably won't make my year-end list of favorite albums just because it's not from this year. I was going to (laughs) say. But it's like, if we do a separate episode of like just songs you discovered this year, Uh, then this would certainly be at the very top. I don't hate that idea. Yeah, I, I actually don't hate that idea either. I think that would be a great thing to do. Because through a few labels like Captured Tracks and Numero Group, I've found some really cool old shit, man, that has been really enjoyable to check out. And this is certainly at the top of that list. Um, If you're into slowcore, if you like slow burn kind of indie rock, garagey, songwritery stuff, I highly recommend checking this band out. Or if you're a person that loves a little bit of distortion with their morning coffee while you sit and relax and don't smoke because it's bad then this is, I think this band's perfect. And you should definitely check them out. And also, you'll be cool because no one else will know them. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, including Spotify. Yeah. Because they couldn't even find it for a few You'll get those bonus points of like, oh, you you haven't heard this band? Uh, Yeah, let me put you onto them. They're, they're, uh, they're, They're pretty obscure. So that's always a plus. There's nothing better than feeling superior. So Dave, with that, what do you got up for us at your number two song? All right. Up at number two for me is Jesus, etc. by Wilco. Um, this is off of their fourth fourth album. Yep. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which came out in 2002. Um, probably their most well-known album, I would guess, at this point. It's probably the one that you know, people think of yeah. first for them and is also their best, so it works out pretty well. Um, this band um, was originally uh, Uncle Tupelo, uh, and then 
once the uh, the singer split from that band, they kind of like realigned and became Wilco um, sometime in the 90s. So they had been playing together mostly for a long point um, before they officially became Wilco. But at the start of this record, I don't know if it was because of some of like the health things that their singer Jeff Tweedy was like dealing with, but he just kind of started like becoming like really difficult to some of the other band members and actually fired their drummer um, and one of the other like main songwriters during the recording of this record and this is the first song that they really like finished as the new unit together um, and really kind of sparked the you know the new direction that the band went in from there on out um, it's really just there's not a whole lot to it it's really like kind of soft and slow but what it does it does really well there's actually a few people that have covered this since and i don't know if she necessarily covers it but michelle zauner of jay brecky yeah. uh actually sings this with with them too uh on stage in a couple performances which i thought was pretty That's cool and there's awesome. videos of that online which is really awesome um so the reason that it's called Jesus ETC and not like fully spelled out, etc., is because he was handwriting um, these records or these CDs when they were making it, and he got lazy and instead of writing Jesus Don't Cry, he just titled it Jesus ETC to save himself time. Which I think is I love when something like happy accident kind of happens and it becomes like what what it's like well known for after that. Um, so some interesting facts I found about this record, which I never knew before. Um, so they were part of Time Warner. And like I said, this album came out in 2002. So Time Warner was uh, purchased by, or, or I'm not, I don't remember exactly how it went down, but they merged with America Online in 2001. And during this, the new management decided to drop Wilco. Which sounds terrible, but if they did put the album out as planned, it would have come out on September 11th, 2001. And if you are listening to the lyrics of this song, there's parts about skyscrapers and other things that uh, are like not super stable. So that would have been unbelievably bad timing. Yeah, it's one. It's definitely like a blessing in disguise for them. It ended up coming out um, the following year, and after this whole kind of like weird thing, um, None Such, which was an affiliate of Warner Brothers, ended up signing them later that year and then putting this record out. So it did all work out uh, for them in the end. But yeah, having the lyrics "tall buildings shaking and skyscrapers shaking together" come out on September 11th would have Yikes. been just like. Jimmy Eat World titling, titling a song "Bleed American." Yeah, it would have level been, of just it would have been the uh, the, the Clear Channel cancel. Get it out of here. Yep. Would have gone on the list for sure. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a, a very nice, subtle, beautiful song. Um, and for those of you who haven't listened to them before, it's a great introduction to the band. Um, and this album is a great introduction to them as well. Um, so yeah, check it out if you're not familiar. All right, Dan. Before we get to our number one picks, what do you have up for us for B-sides? So some B-sides for me, um, I basically put, I'll just say, I'll just say all of it, but all of the national. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Every song they've ever written could be. 
See, I, I left off sad songs because I felt like I don't need that. I'm getting coffee. Okay, fair enough. You know what I mean? And they're mostly sad. I always like a sad song at any point do. of the day. Um, so, yeah, I, that would have worked for me. I also, um, oh, dude, uh, Fortet Plastic People. I love Fortet. Was one of the ones that I was like, uh, like his song and that song especially is great. But like, I feel like if the BPM was down like 10 more, it'd be perfect. It's just a little too, like it's, it's a little too quick. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's because it's dance music. Yeah. That's and nobody's thing. dancing at 110 beats per minute. You'd be surprised. So like, You'd be surprised. But you know what I mean? It's like, I get why, but if I had a slower version, it would certainly be on there. Um, another one for me is, oh, the, this this really just missed. Uh, the World It Softly Lulls by Hiatus Coyote. Okay. Um, I love a- I don't know I, who that is. Oh, dude. It's like a um, instrumental, jazzy, but like electronic-y. Interesting. Okay. Artists, really cool stuff. Um, oh, dude. Uh, Chinatown by Destroyer off Kaput. Um, you could just, I mean, I could, I could just say Destroyer. Yeah, any Destroyer. Yeah. Um, it's just perfect. There's strings. There's there's horns. Everything about this is great. Very gentle vocal. It's great. Um, you know what? Here's, here's a pretty popular one, but I thought was perfect for this. Um, D'Angelo Untitled. How does it feel? Ooh. Like... Pretty solid, pretty solid. I also had a smooth operator by Sade. Oh, um, I feel like you could just say Sade. Yeah, there's a lot of artists work. like Sufjan. Yep, Sufjan Stevens. Yeah. I love that. Like, so you mispronounce Sufjan Stevens in the record store. Here's how to pack up and find a new life in another town. <laughs> um, do you guys have any Sufjan Stevens? Uh, also, I put uh, Breakers Roar by Sturgill Simpson. Oh, nice. Um, he okay. is a country singer. Yeah, if you don't know this, we've talked about him. Mm -hmm. But he made we did talk about him previously. He has a record called A Sailor's Guide to Earth that is a 60s soul record. And this it's got tons of strings as his accompaniment. It's fucking gorgeous. Um it's just a little too slow Mm. and sleepy. Mm -hmm. But I was like, ah, maybe that wouldn't work. And then from my last B side, um, or I'll also throw this. Just about any Big Thief song would also work for yeah, this Yeah, I was going to say that, too. Yeah, I had um, a whole Big Thief section here. I had a bunch of Big Thief on here that I was like, it would all work. Oh, yeah. Um, and then also, uh, I guess for my last one, I'll say um, uh, Kamasi Washington's Seven Prayers. Ooh, yeah. Love a jazzy track. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. A lot of his stuff is hard because it gets weird. And like you don't want dissonant horns at coffee shop. No, but it's certainly elitist enough to fit here. Oh, very much so. Yeah, um, yeah. But like, it's like you don't want to hear a bunch of like late Coltrane sounding true like dissonance because like true it immediately is jarring and your your ear catches it right away and you're yeah. like, holy shit that's shrill. Mm-hmm. Um, where some of the songs can get very spacey like that, especially the soul jazz stuff gets that way. Yeah. Um, but this song really doesn't seven prayers stays pretty mellow and pretty, uh, I don't know how, what's the word I would use? Pretty like in tune. Doesn't really step out of the bound, the lines too heavy. So I think this would be really good and drives a little bit, has some good beats to it. Very ethereal though. Pretty cool track. Uh, what, uh, what, uh, what just missed for you, Dave? 
Um, so Postal Service was another like artist in general, oh, yeah. and I would have yeah, list- the, whole, yeah. the whole thing. But also like I, I just saw them last week, and everyone was dancing the whole time, so that kind of like changed the outlook because you don't o- really see almost people... almost Death Cab too. Yeah, like you yeah, just sure. t- chuck them on there. Yeah, for sure. Um, Nick Drake, who I've talked about before, uh, any of his songs, The Shins, any of their songs. Nothing in the World Can Stop Me by The Kinks, uh, Dark Days by Local Natives, uh, Real Love Baby, Father John Misty. There's some Father John Misty songs that are subdued enough and definitely elitist enough. Um, definitely got the snark. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Sue George, any of his tracks. Yeah. They would work here. Uh, another like kind of out of place one that I think fits here is Outcasts Take Off Your Control. Or Take Off Your Cool, excuse me. Um I'm reading two songs at the same time. Another like unexpected hip hop group that does a very like acoustic song that's awesome. Uh, Spirits in Trans- Transit by a group called Four Hero that is uh, almost like Fortet, but more like um, jungle uh, bass kind of sound to them. The, like the UK kind of uh, like early 2000s kind of sound. Okay. Um, but very, very good and, and would fit there in, in the electronic space, but just a little bit too upbeat. Um, and then My Old Man by Mac DeMarco. I feel like a lot of his tracks could work in here. Yeah. And Rocky Vallado is another one who I've talked about in a previous episode. Uh, specifically the song White Daisy Passing was the one I ended up putting on here. But uh, yeah. Those are all my my B-sides, Dan. Why don't we take it over to your number one pick? All right. Number one for me is by an artist that is definitely going to make my big 2023 best of list. This song is called Fishtown. It is by Cautious Clay. Um, If you don't know Cautious Clay, his name, real name, Joshua Carpe, Carpa. Um, that is a songwriter based out of Brooklyn that just released this album with Blue Note Records. Um, he is a guitar player, multi-instrumentalist, but mostly guitar. And this is, it's like equal parts R&B, jazz, funk, lo-fi. Like what this dude does is incredible. And it's like equal parts, like Thundercat while also being you know also being like uh D'Angelo and it's it's just great man um and then also having great throwback to like some Earth Wind and Fire kind of stuff and like Roy Ayersy kind of like uh funk jazz fusion it's I just think this guy's brilliant. I hadn't paid attention to any of his stuff previously. This is only his second record that he's ever released. And naming it after himself, the record's called Carpa. Carpe, Carpa. Um, it's it's brilliant, man. I can't get enough of it. I've been listening to it all week. And I've been listening to it, honestly, for the last like month and a half. But this is... It's incredible. Um, it's got, like, pan flute. And, <laughs> like, it's really a weird... Interesting. A weird kind of vibe, but the the drums hit perfectly. Uh, very much remind me of like uh, Gorillas with the the sampled drum pattern, but it's it's just great. Um, and him kind of singing along to the pan flute, almost like scatting with it. It's just a sound I haven't really heard in the past, and it's very interesting to me. And it's so such a perfect like. It's got a hip hop vibe. It's got a jazz vibe it's got a funk 
It's got instrumental, like Eastern with the, the type of flute they're using and also South American. It's just, it's just great. It's got everything I want um, where it's familiar sounding yet new. It's just really weird and cool. I don't know anything about this artist other than the fact that he was born in 1993 and he's based out of Brooklyn. Um, and that this record is released by, or he's born in Ohio, but that doesn't matter. That's just a weird fact to know. Um, he, no, that's not um, he likes to do a ton of like mixing of organic and electronic, which I think is something I want to hear more of all the time. Um, especially the fact that he's so young and is producing this stuff almost entirely on his own is the most interesting thing I've, I've heard in a while. So everybody needs to get by, get behind him and check him out. And if you're ever in a coffee shop, you should request that the staff change whatever music they're playing to this song because it's cool. And they will definitely not do that. We'll probably ask you to leave. So Dave, <laughs> what do you got up for us at number one? All right. Up at number one for me is Texas Sun by Krungbin and Leon Bridges. This is... So I've talked about Krungbin before, but not Leon Bridges. So it's still counted in my artists that I didn't mention yet. Uh, qualification for this. Yeah. And... Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. I, it's just... this. So they did two EPs together. And they're fucking awesome. Like, it, <laughs> it's kind of like something you didn't know you needed but once you got it you were always like, missing it two artists that you that don't make cowboy music no making cowboy music right yeah and it's perfect so they did in 2018 they did this one called Texas Sun and it's like a four song EP and then last year they followed it up with uh, Texas Moon and that has a song Mariella that just like it was between the, those two songs here I just think this is just like a it's just the, it's it, it an artist doing something different that nobody knows about is 100% the elitist shit that you hear in a coffee shop like oh what are you listening to over there is that uh fucking Johnny Cash's cover record or David Bowie's 80s collection like it's just like the stuff you don't expect to hear from people from an artist you might know is what makes this the elitist shit the most elitist shit i feel like so um i think this this song is so fucking cool this dude's guitar playing is just so interesting and so different from everything that everybody else is doing right now. And the fact that he can, in Krungbin, have this, like, uh, Eastern-influenced, uh, almost like, you know, almost like playing quarter... Like, he fi finds scales that give you the impression that he's playing a quarter tone somewhere in there. But he isn't. And then to have him come and do this like traditional Texasy sounding record with yeah. one of the with a guy with one of the sweetest voices Playing of all time. Playing slide guitar. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's fucking awesome, man. They're so fucking good. And Leon Bridges is such so, like I know he's super like popular. He's so fucking talented, man. His yeah. voice is so goddamn. There's smooth. a reason he's so over. Yeah. Um, and it works perfectly him like er, and like having that like extra like acoustic guitar kind of stuff that's happening in here too just kind of gives you that element that Krungbin can't or doesn't normally achieve and it just it's the uh, uh, an incredible version of something that I already loved and now you just added like 
all this extra goodness on top of it's it. Like it's, modern, to it's like the modern take of the uh, Ray Charles' modern hits in country and western. You know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. taking this known R&B singer and, you know, R&B pop singer and just throwing on this deep, like, like almost like Orville Peck style song. Right, but then like pairing him with like fucking and then having him backed by like chic yeah <laughs> like something like that like yeah so like somebody playing a completely different style of music that it doesn't traditionally go with what he's doing but is obviously very talented yeah that's a great a very strange thing to think about i wish we got that too now um yeah i think i i think with these these people did together is beautiful it all spurned from a tour where they opened for leon bridges and i think it's awesome that they just kind of like at the end were just kind of like you know you want to you want to fucking do this yeah especially like you're hanging out all day and you're like right you're a singer and you're like wow this band's fucking killer right and and they're watching him like jesus christ we don't have any vocal well they do on their last album laura lee the bass player was doing some vocals um they're fine they're not leon bridges voice yeah so I think that not smooth as butter. No, not at all. So it certainly adds something that you couldn't normally achieve with this, with this, the the trio. Um, but yeah, I fucking love it. And it's like I said, it's it's pompous enough, it's chill enough, it's it's everything you want from your cop coffee shop tune. Cool. All right, man. This is a fun one. I'm, I like when we have these more ambiguous ideas where we don't even discuss it and just kind of like let it let the chips fall the way they do. Yeah. Um, and I think we got some good stuff. There's a lot of artists and songs that we've never discussed on here before. Um, and, you know, I didn't know some of these that you shared. So I'm excited to dig into more of this. And hopefully everyone that's listening is too. Um, cool. Don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app so you're kept up to date. Uh, we don't have any more vacations planned. So hopefully there's no more gaps. But you never know. Life happens. Yeah, there's a new variant around. You don't know what's exactly. going Dan. Tell everyone where they can find us. All right. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram under at D&D Music Factory. That's the letter D, the letter N, and the letter D again, followed by Music Factory. Uh, you can find me personally at at Lukewarm Steve Austin on Instagram and D-